Welcome to Good Enough Parenting, the place where not-so-perfect parents tune in to be reminded that our kids are going to be okay, even if we don't always know what we're doing, are making a million mistakes, and trying new things. I'm Carly Aroldi, a family play therapist, childhood mental health expert, and good enough mom of two. I may be the expert in childhood mental health, but you are the expert on your kid. And by combining my practical, peaceful parenting tools with everything you already know about your child, you and your family will experience more calm, more connection, and more cooperation in your daily life. So let's throw out the idea of the perfect parent and remember that our kids just need us to be good enough. Because if you don't feel like yelling at your kids sometimes, you're not spending enough time with them. Let's jump in. Welcome back to Good Enough Parenting. I have been talking to parents a lot about how burnt out everybody feels, especially moms, just how exhausted they are and how we are feeling so caught in this stress cycle loop of attending to everyone's emotional needs and logistical needs and physical needs that it doesn't leave a lot of room for cultivating our own well-being. And the reason it is so important as parents, especially as moms, to find a way to heal our own nervous systems is because if we don't, we are constantly being triggered by our kids and we're constantly screaming and yelling and reacting rather than responding because we don't have any well to pull from, right? We're completely dried out. We're completely empty. There's a beautiful book called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagoski, who really talk about how easy it is for our brains to loop into this either overachieving or underachieving or overdoing it or underdoing it because we can never find this system of balance. And so a lot of my work with parents is to help them figure out what brings your nervous system back into balance. And this is different for everybody, but it's really important that we find out what works for us so that we are not constantly losing ourselves on our kids. Because if we're doing that, then we're creating a cycle with them where we lose it on them, they feel embarrassed or ashamed, so they actually behave even more poorly, which then triggers us even more, and we get caught in this loop together. And it makes sense because we don't live in a culture that really prioritizes rest or relaxation or healing, so we have to prioritize it ourselves. And I promise you a little investment in things like this, in nervous system healing, will have a huge payoff for more peace, more calm, more joy in your family life. I recently was working with a kid who had, is having just a really hard time. A lot of anxiety at school, a lot of conflict with friends, and I brought mom into the session and we were talking about, you know, what's been going on with the kid, but the kid started talking about, well, think about everything mom's dealing with right now. She's got this going on at work and she's got this going on with her family and mom's got this going on and this going on. And I saw this light bulb go off for the mom of, oh my gosh, my daughter is so in tune with the stress that I'm experiencing that it's impacting how she's feeling in the world. So healing ourselves, finding the space for ourselves actually gives us the resources to be able to lend some of our calm to our kids and actually increases cooperation and increases calm and reduces conflict between us. So how do we make this happen? 
I'm going to give you just a couple ideas today of ways you might want to consider investing in filling up your own well so that you can then be a calm water for your kids to pull from. The first is so simple and so not easy. I think it's one of the number one struggles of parenting, and that is sleep. Oh, I know. Are you already feeling triggered? (laughs) When we don't give our bodies an opportunity to restore through sleep, it's very difficult to get out of this stress cycle. So this can look a lot of different ways. This, if you have really young kids, like I remember when my, and again, I had horrible sleepers when my kids were really little. My daughter did not sleep through the night until she was 18 months old. I know how insane you can feel when you're not getting sleep. And so it might be prioritizing, hey, I'm going to bed at 7 p.m. tonight. Here, caregiver, you know, either it's a partner or it's a babysitter or it's a friend or it's a mom. This is where we can maybe call in our community a little bit. Here's some bottles. Please don't wake me up until 1 a.m., right? And then I'll come back on duty. If you have one of the kids like I did that were up like every hour and a half for months and months and months. So it might be, you know, getting your body to bed at 7 p.m. some nights. It might be taking naps in the middle of the day. It might be, you know, telling your kids like I often do on the weekends, peace out, Cub Scouts, pour yourself some cereal and figure out what you want to do this morning because mama ain't getting out of bed until 9 a.m. How can you find ways to prioritize sleep? And if you are someone that lays your head on the pillow and can't stop your mind, just remember that resting your body is almost as restorative as actually getting that deeper sleep. So just think about ways that you can rest your body, whether it's, you know, listening to soothing music, whether it's listening to like a yoga nidra, which is helping you fall asleep. There are a lot of ways that you can help your body relax. So even if it doesn't fall asleep, it's still not feeling overstimulated. So number one is sleep. Number two is movement. We forget that we are animals that need to move our bodies a lot. So this doesn't mean, again, having to go for like a 45-minute HIIT workout or, you know, hitting the gym every single day for two hours. It can be taking a walk around the block. It can be dancing to your favorite song. It can be simple stretches in the morning before you start everyone's breakfast and lunches. How can I move my body? How can I get the fluid moving in my body? How can I get my muscles to wake up? And if I move my body, I'm less likely to be caught in this adrenaline and this cortisol spike. The third is the breath. Again, simple but not easy. Every time we can return to our breath, every time we increase our oxygen level and release our carbon dioxide, we are signaling safety to our nervous systems. We are telling our bodies there's nothing to be afraid of here. We can relax. So do what works for you. Sometimes it's just pausing and taking three deep breaths. It can also be imagery of I do something called box breath every morning where I breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, and hold for four. Whatever helps you connect to that deep restorative breath will help you break your stress cycle. The fourth is co-regulating with another adult. 
This can be a partner. This can be a friend. This can be a neighbor. And what do I mean by co-regulation? It means plugging into someone else's nervous system who is calm. So my body also gets that signal of calm. Our brains and our bodies are constantly in communication with each other. So if we are getting the signal from another adult's mirror neurons that we are calm, that I'm sorry, that they are calm and they are peaceful, our brain will also feel that. So it couldn't be as simple as hugging your partner. It can be as simple if you are a teacher in a classroom that has another teacher you can make eye contact with for a few minutes saying, hey, we got this. We're in this together. It can be as simple as going outside and talking to a neighbor for three minutes about their garden because their nervous system is calm. It's signaling to your nervous system that it can be calm too. So co-regulation with another adult is a really great way to calm your own nervous system. The fifth is my favorite, and that is singing, singing or chanting or doing something to release a little energy out of your body through your vocal cords. Um, Singing is energy, singing is vibration, and it also, depending on what we're singing, can shift our mood. So one of my favorite things to do, if I'm feeling a little grumpy, if I'm feeling a little down, if I'm feeling a little bit tired, just blast some music that feels good to me. For me right now, it is 90s hip-hop and 90s pop. I can be in a terrible mood and I turn on a little Britney Spears and all of a sudden everything lifts up. That may not work for you, but find music, find a way that what you can sing along to to move the energy in your body to get you feeling a little more regulated. I think I'm on number six. Let's find out. Good enough. Is grounding. Grounding means feeling your body sink into the earth. I love to do this barefoot, so it can be barefoot in your house, it can be barefoot in your backyard, and really feeling the grass under your feet, or it can be just sitting in a chair, and as you sit in the chair, take 10 seconds and feel your feet plug into the earth, feel the heaviness of the weight of your body in the chair, reminding yourself that the earth beneath you is safe and supportive and is grounding to your nervous system. Again, such a simple practice, but I set a timer on my phone for every two hours. It says ground yourself. So I step away from what I'm doing. If I'm writing an email or if I'm, you know, cleaning out a closet for my kids fall clothes coming, I take 10 seconds and ground myself planting myself into the ground, feeling the weight of my body where I am. And it's a reminder to your nervous system to be calm. The next one is our sense of smell. Our sense of smell is our oldest sense. It plugs directly into our brainstem. It's connected to memory. It's connected to emotion. So what are some of the scents that feel really good to you? It can be, you know, lighting a delicious candle. It can be getting an essential oil. It can be getting some fresh flowers. It can be just going outside after someone's mowed the lawn and smelling that scent of grass. When you have calming, soothing scents around you, it communicates to your body that you are you can also be calm. So what scents work well for you? I also do this with kids all the time. We'll go to, you know, an essential oil place and smell some things and say, which one feels good to you guys? Maybe we should get some of these in the house. If they're having trouble sleeping, we might give them a little cotton ball with lavender and we call it like our magic potion. And we might put that, you know, in their room so they can relax with some good smelling scents around them. 
The next one is water. And I mean water in various ways. I mean staying really hydrated. If all you did to change your practice right now was to make sure you're drinking enough water, everything else will shift. I was with a mom recently who's like, God, I've had a headache for like three days. Do you think it's a brain tumor? And I'm like, no, I think you're dehydrated. (laughs) And this idea of hydrating our bodies, making sure that we're nourished with water is huge. Again, so simple, but not always something that we think of. And I also mean water as in getting your body in water. It can be taking a long shower. It can be taking a bath. It can be as simple as washing your hands with warm, soapy water and really being mindful of how that feels on your skin and relaxing as you're doing it. And I do this doing dishes all the time. It sounds so silly. But I used to hate doing dishes at the end of the night. And now if I make it more of like a mindful sensory experience, it really shifts everything. And I just think of like, gosh, this warm water feels so nice and the soap smells so good. And sometimes I get a little bit splashed, but that's okay because my body's part water anyway. So using water. The next is to take a break from your technology This is, you know, I know a newsflash for many people out there, but technology isn't necessarily great for our brains. It's hyperstimulating. It can, you know, cause headaches, but mostly it keeps us really dopamine driven, meaning that we keep looking for the next hit from the Facebook post or from the email or from the text or from the phone call. And so just unplugging for a little bit can feel so restorative. Just thinking about that right now makes me take a really deep breath. So getting off your technology whenever you can, even if it's for half an hour at the end of the day, turn your phone off and see how that feels. Taking that break from technology. And the last one, which is my favorite, is getting outside and being in nature. Again, you don't have to go for a six mile hike in the woods. I started a practice recently where my son meets up with a friend on a walk to school and I just take five minutes and walk him to meet his friend. Not only is that helpful for us to just have like five minutes to chit chat, just the two of us in the morning, but after I drop him, when I walk back, I'm looking at the trees. I'm looking at the clouds. I'm feeling the wind on my face. I'm allowing it to be a sensory experience. And having my body in nature is so restorative. And it is for all humans because that's kind of where we're meant to be. We're not meant to be locked in our little houses, on our little screens. We're meant to see things beyond three feet in front of us. We're meant to feel things like the wind and smell things that are coming from the natural world. So these practices, like I said, are simple and they are not easy. But keeping in your mind, how can I find a little extra sleep for myself? How can I move my body? What song could I sing to shift my mood? What smells feel really good to me right now? Can I tune into my breath? Can I ground my body where I am in space and time? Can I get off my screens and get into nature? Can I hydrate a little bit? Can I find an adult near me that can communicate to my body that I am safe and okay? Just shifting those little practices will absolutely shift your relationship with your kids because you're going to have more to give in those tougher moments and they're going to understand from your nervous system and your body that it's all good, that it's okay, that we can chill out and we can do good enough stuff. Hope that's helpful and we'll talk again soon. 
Thanks for listening to Good Enough Parenting. If you'd like to learn four simple play therapy techniques you can use at home today to create more calm in your family life, go to paceparent.com forward slash play to get a free video where I'll teach them to you. And you can always hear more from me at Carly Councils on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend, a sister, a spouse, any parent who could use a reminder that our kids don't need us to be perfect, just good enough. Until next time.